0: Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and my co-host...
1: I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian... Roustabout? We already used that one, I think. Did we use that, Dave?
2: We used Roustabout, yes.
1: I'm Jason Harris, (laughs) filmmaker, comedian, (laughs) rapscallion...
0: We're going to run out of new titles for you eventually. But, Never. Thank uh, you,
1: Dave, for good producing there. <laughs> sure, buddy. <laughs>
0: um, in this season of Awesome Movie Year, we are looking back at 1994 in film. And in this episode, we have Jason's personal choice, which he is very excited about. Please tell yeah, us.
1: You know, uh, You know. to give the listeners a little behind the curtain aspect here of what we do, Josh, to you know, uh, right before we recorded this, uh, we took a little break because I and I went and got a burrito, Josh, and you were with me. So you remember that. This burrito. is a fascinating story so far. <laughs> and it was it's from uh, Chili Verde Express, which I recommend to all you listeners when you come to Las Vegas. And the reason I got that burrito is because I wanted all my energy to talk about this film, Cabin Boy. Why, Jason, did you choose Cabin Boy? Uh, It's an interesting... I don't love Cabin Boy, first of all. So it's not like I'm like, oh, we got to talk about it this time. I had gone through a few different picks, as you know, and Cabin Boy also um, was a finalist for our future cult classic of this season, which will be down the line in episode 11. But Cabin Boy is so weird and strange and Really, when you watch it, the question you ask yourself is, is this a movie? <laughs> that's, that's the question I ask myself. And I've seen it twice recently. And um, the reason I chose it is for, you know, one, it was so reviled by so many people and so many people in the industry. And it didn't deserve all that, you know. But yeah. we both, even if you don't like this movie, I don't know how you feel about it yet. Uh, but you've seen worse movies. I,
0: prob- w- I sure have. I've seen lots of worse movies. Right. And it didn't deserve all of that. Yeah. And
1: also, I feel like we're we're at a point now where movies that are so broad and these comedies that are so, so, like, literally, this is one of the strangest movies you'll see. They don't get made anymore. So
0: those were the two reasons. Yeah. And
1: also, Chris Elliott, underrated comic performer.
0: I'm absolutely with you on Chris Elliott. Um, so yeah, as you say, this movie was basically reviled. Uh, it was a failure at the box office, although not as big a failure, I think, as you know we talked about North in our episode about a flop. Uh, this movie, it made $3.7 million on its $10 million budget. Yeah. So that's bad, but it could be worse. Um, it was nominated for the Razzie Award for Worst New Star for Chris Elliott. Totally undeserving. He's funny. He is funny. and uh, But he didn't win. Plus, he
2: was around for a little while before that.
0: He he was. uh, He wasn't doing movies, though. No, right, yeah, he wasn't doing movies. He did uh, Letterman, David Letterman, and uh, Get a Life, his sitcom, which I love. And so does Dave, right? Oh, yeah, I love Get a Life. I'd like to revisit that. Um, I mean, I I haven't seen it in a very, very long time, but I did love it uh, when it was on. Um, But yeah, Chris Elliott lost his uh, Worst New Star Award to Anna Nicole Smith. For Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Oh.
1: And personally, if I was going to watch an Anna Nicole Smith movie again, I would watch Skyscraper.
0: I don't, What is that? I don't even know that movie. Well, as you
1: know, in the 90s, I worked at Blockbuster Video. Yes. And you remember the 90s had a uh, very, um, I had a penchant for straight to video movies that were either A, low budget action or B. Lots of boobies, Mm. and this one has both a lots of action and b lots of Anna Nicole Smith boobies. There's only two of them, but they appear often. So,
0: but uh, it's gonna take a weird direction there.
1: (laughs) No, but I I like as as both of uh, my cohorts here know. I like these weird low budget action movies, and I bet you like that one would be a really strange film to revisit. Well,
0: maybe we'll include that on a future.
1: When is that? What years? I don't. I don't
0: know. (laughs) Um, so review wise, it actually, I had a, a kind of a tough time finding contemporaneous reviews of this movie because it was not screened for critics, surprisingly enough. It should have been. And, uh, publications at that time were less inclined to go back and review movies if they hadn't had a chance to see them in advance. Uh, but I did find a few, uh, Brian Lowry in Variety, uh, says, uh, Elliot sadly may have topped out with his two minute appearances on late night. Since subsequent exposures of any greater length have proven grating at best, <laughs> think of this as a bad version of an old Saturday Night Live sketch stretched to an interminable eighty minutes. So he was not a Get a Life uh, fan.
1: Uh, all right, first of all, Dave, what do you got for us? That's ninety-six. Fair. Okay, well, clearly that's the next. Yeah, season, that's right. your that's your pick for ninety-six. <laughs> as though. I had said, ninety-six is a good movie, an yeah. awesome movie, or anyway, but um, no, but that's not fair. He's not bad in this movie, like, or at least he's not grating and annoying like we've seen plenty of movies with horrible
0: leads who are just get under your skin and he's that's not this right no i mean i think the character is meant to be sort of annoying or at least is annoying to the other characters but he gives a a, an effective performance as that character and that's kind of his comedic persona his character in get a life is extremely annoying to every single other character on that show yeah look chris elliott is the man child incarnate as
1: as a you know, if you're going to look at the Sandler movies and the Farley movies of the 90s, right? Like, they're all man-child. You yeah. You know, got to grow up and this and that. And uh, the cabin boy, as we find out in the movie, becomes a cabin man. He so does. He, does he does grow up.
0: Yeah, and this is, this is, we could talk about this a little more, but this is absolutely the kind of movie I could see Adam Sandler doing a much worse version of and making a bunch of money for it. Right. I mean, dude,
1: let's not forget, originally, Tim Burton was assigned to, uh, yes. you know, Direct this because he likes Chris Elliott's comedy on Letterman and probably get a life also, right? Yeah. So yeah, it would have been a way different movie. I bet you they still would have like
0: crapped all over it. But uh, I mean, Chris Elliott's not the problem with this film. No, no, I don't, I don't think that he is. Um, so here's a slightly more positive review. Uh, David Mills in the Washington Post. Uh, Cabin Boy contains about enough laugh-out-loud sight gags and non-sequiturs to justify what it demands of a viewer's time and money. Uh, Elliot, more so than the average person, seems to find unpleasant behavior inherently funny. (laughs) The early part of the film, filled with Elliot's effete insults, simpering and whining, doesn't establish an endearing mood. But as the tale unfolds and the seamen encounter such wondrous sights as a half-man, half-shark and an ice monster... Elliot and his writing partner and director Adam Resnick hit their stride with simple and surprisingly effective comic ideas. So he sort of came around to it. Yeah, eventually. I think that's,
1: that's who did that again?
0: As David Mills in the Washington Post. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and briefly, Owen Gleiberman in Entertainment Weekly said, few comedies have worked this hard to make everyone on screen look this dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they worked that hard.
1: I think they, they all naturally look. You know, they
0: played their roles to look that dumb. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think they did work hard on this movie. I mean, you can tell that they put every effort that they could into making this film. And I would like to offer
1: one more quote from uh, my Facebook and my Facebook friend and real life acquaintance, Ian Zeitzer, who, when he found out we were doing Cabin Boy for this episode, wrote, Cabin Boy, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, a landmark of cult cinema and cinema in general. And all of mankind's achievements in any field.
0: So there's at least one fan. There's way more
1: than one fan because um, and we'll put this up on the website um or in the show notes. The um the ringer did an awesome like oral history of Cabin Boy, where they interview Elliot and they interview Adam Resnick and they interview like uh some famous musicians who uh are huge fans of Cabin Boy to the point where like they've named albums and stuff after Cabin Boy. So It definitely has a cult following at this point in time.
0: It does, it does. So uh, you said you've seen it twice recently. Did you see it when it first came out? I think I saw it uh, on video back in the
1: day and I didn't like it back then. Um, And then after I'd read the um, history uh, article from Ringer, I wanted to see it again. And I watched it when I was like kind of laid up after my surgeries in like December. I'm okay, guys. Thanks. <laughs> and then, you know, after that, I when we were really deep diving in 94, I just said, like, this is a very quintessential, like, important, uh, essential film to 1994.
0: Yeah. Uh, I had never seen it before this uh, past like, week or two when I watched it for this episode. But like I said, I loved Get a Life. I remember being a huge fan uh, of that show. I think it was on right after The Simpsons. Uh, when it first premiered. And of course, I was a massive Simpsons fan and watched it. Uh, so I, I like Chris Elliott. I don't know why I didn't watch this movie at the time it came out, other than
2: that it probably left theaters in like a week. Yeah, there were so many jokes about it and right. whatnot. Right. Can I tell a quick story? Please. Um, so I, I, as we already established, I loved Get a Life as a Kid. It was probably my favorite show. And I went to see this in the theater opening night. And it is... As far as I can remember, the first time I was disappointed in a movie. Wow. Yeah. Like when I went and saw it, I left the theater and I was like, that (laughs) sucks. I was so disappointed. I haven't watched it since. I have a feeling I might like it more now. Just like just looking at the pure stupidity and ridiculousness of it all. But uh, yeah, it's the first time I remember actually being disappointed by a movie.
1: Yeah, if only there was a reason for you to have watched it before we recorded the podcast (laughs) on it. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been (laughs) interesting to hear if you uh, liked it.
0: Right, yeah, because I I wonder how I would have felt if I had seen it at the time, because I did love Get a Life, and Get a Life gets really, really weird in its later episodes. And I think, honestly, far weirder than Cabin Boy, or at least that's the way I remember it. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if I would have been... Uh, disappointed in seeing this movie as well. Well, I'm excited to hear what you think about it when we get back. Sounds good. We'll return with our general thoughts on Cabin Boy. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year for 1994. In this episode, we are talking about Jason's personal pick for 1994, Cabin Boy. And uh, as you said earlier, you picked this movie, but not necessarily because you like it. I don't
1: dislike it. I don't love it though. This would not have been, if you had said, pick your favorite movie of the year, like we had already, you know, we've already done Clerks. We've already done Pulp Fiction. So those would have been two uh, early choices, but there are plenty of other movies. I like better and comedies that I like better from this year, but it's just so um, polarizing that, uh, and I feel like it does take, uh, gets a bad rap in the history of pop culture that I thought we needed to look at this. Yeah. And put it in its proper place once and for all.
0: <laughs> the this... definitive statement on Cabin Boy <laughs> after is this, this podcast.
1: No one needs to question where it belongs. I'm yes.
0: Forget. What about after I watch it again, finally? Okay. Well, Fair enough. We can do a, a breaking it apart episode mm-hmm. of piecing it together. Good on idea, the, Josh. The Bill. movies this has influenced. <laughs> so, so yeah, I watched
1: it. I don't love it. It's 80 minutes and it's there's some funny stuff throughout. And uh, Chris Elliott's cool. So... I liked it. And uh, I'm sure we're in after we get your general thoughts, we'll talk about the ultimate cameo
0: of movie cameras. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said before, I had never seen this before. And I remember you talking about it the first time that you rewatched it, uh, like a couple months ago or something like that. Um, and I, I feel like because I had loved Get a Life so much, but I also have not watched that since I originally saw it. Um, and because of the reputation that this movie had, I was prepared for like the weirdest movie I had ever seen. And I, what I wrote on Letterbox afterwards is that it's just not weird enough. I was hoping for it to be weirder. Um, it is weird. And there are moments that I found amusing and I'm glad I finally watched it, that we had, I had a reason that that kind of pushed me to watch this movie, but more than like, whether I thought it was good or bad, I thought it was, Okay, there were parts that I was amused by. I just, you know, I had these kinds of expectations that I think were not met, and that's on me for building it up. I think.
1: So name a movie that you wanted it to be as weird as.
0: Oh, see now, yeah, you're putting me on the spot, and I mean, I guess I was hoping it for it to be maybe as as weird as some kind of like non Hollywood fiasco, like The Room uh, or something like that. Which obviously it's not going to be on that level because it had a budget, even if it was too small, and it was made by people who'd made movies before and knew what they were doing. You basically wanted like Brian De
1: Palma presents Cabin Boy or something.
0: That would like have been that. something, so, certainly. Um, I, I
1: think your assessment is fair. Like I would have, I it could have been weirder for me and I would have been like, that's cool. Like, let's just go for this ride.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure if I think more and probably when we're done, I'll come up with some, some actual like Hollywood movies with this kind of reputation that are weirder than this. I guess I wanted it to be as weird as Get a Life or as my memories of get a life, which may not be entirely accurate.
1: But the nineties was a time filled with like comedies where you could pretty much, I mean, they'll call it broad, but whatever, you know, like you could pretty much do anything, right? Like, you know, uh, Happy Gilmore after Chubbs dies, he's standing with the gator that killed him in heaven and also Abraham Lincoln. Like why, you know what I mean? You could do all that stuff and get away with it and people wouldn't question it. I think the weird stuff that you're missing is that Chris Elliott would often answer questions that were completely not asked to him. So a lot of the humor comes from like a setup and a punchline that don't belong together, Yeah, which to me, that's like, I'm like, what? Like that, that's not a way to answer this question or whatnot. And that's, that's where it really gets weird in like the playing of like dialogue and jokes. And, and also there's a, uh, talking cupcake that spits tobacco at people. Right, I'm so not.
0: I'm not arguing with you that this movie is not weird or that it's not weird. Certainly compared to other movies that came out around the same time. Um, yeah, and I can see how this movie is beloved. We we talked about certain comedians and people who like it, and and definitely it has that. That anti-comedy aspect of it, where right. you 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 you're, the setup comes and you expect a certain kind of punchline and it undercuts what you expect. Yeah, this could have
1: been a Tim, you know, uh, Tim Heidecker movie or something. Yes, like that, Yes,
0: yes. So. And so I'm I'm kind of on the border. Like I feel like I like weird comedy, but some of that that really dry anti-comedy where it's I I hate Tim Heidecker stuff. And so when it's really like aggressively trying to alienate you. I think that puts me off. And this movie is not necessarily that. This movie is is affable. It's pleasant.
1: Yeah. So I guess if you were going to say it was uh, alienating or wanting to put you off, it would be at the beginning where he's, uh, where Chris Elliott is about to graduate the fancy lad school. And, you know, he's graduating as a fancy lad. And the thing about it is like, there's no um, attempt to age him down at all, right? right? He's losing his hair. He's got a full beard, like, He's in his mid thirties, clearly. Right. And it's just like, we're accepting that he's in school. Alfred Molina is playing one of the. I think maybe uncredited even Alfred Molina. in this Movie. So, I mean, and he's, and as a fancy lad before he goes on the ship, the, uh, what was the The filthy filthy whore? whore. Yeah. Yeah. The filthy whore, not the queen Catherine where he's supposed to to go on that. Um, he, uh, he's a dick to everybody. But it's kind of funny because it's Chris Elliott. So he's not like an in your face dick. He's like a very subversive dick.
0: To yeah. People. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I like about Chris Elliott and why I can enjoy his work and be so put off by some other anti-comedy stuff is because he always seems like he's so nice and pleasant. <laughs> Even when he's treating people poorly, he just kind of oblivious and he thinks he's doing the nice thing. And that's the character in this movie, as well as I think his character in like Get a Life. Um, yeah, I love that, that they don't. They, they don't answer that question or they don't make any effort to tell you like how old he is. Uh, Chris Elliott, of course, as I think it maybe mentions in that Ringer article that you were talking about, looked like he was 50 when he was 20. Yeah. You know? That's kind of all. He's always looked like an old man and that's kind of his thing. Um, also in this movie, is like, when does this movie take place? Like what year is it? <laughs> that's part of the fun
1: of it, right? Because he does go to a private fancy lad school and he gets on- He wears on, a wig. Right. And he gets on like this- the filthy whore, which is like an old-timey fishing boat, but he takes a limo to get there, right? Right, yeah. And when he takes the limo, you know, the limo driver kicks him out because he doesn't like him. So he has to walk to town, and it's this like old fishing village, right, where there's like literally like, you know, uh, you know, merchants on the street, and uh, that's where we get the all-time greatest movie cameo in the history of cinema. David Letterman as a street urchin slash uh, merchant you know, and uh, trying to sell Chris Elliott stuffed
0: monkeys. Hey, yes. you want to buy a monkey? Right. Uh, that yeah. is, and I will say before seeing that movie, because I was a big Letterman fan in the 90s, uh the main thing i knew about this movie was that letterman would attempt to sell a monkey
1: yeah he says hey you want to buy a monkey and you he, know he, but it's like letterman you know in the ringer article i think they talk about it like it felt like he just came in one day and he was like i'm just gonna do what i want to do right and it literally did feel like that where he's like ah you're one of them fancy lads ah, i hate you you know and then he goes you know uh he's like hey when you get on the ship uh, don't settle for that prime rib. Get the get the London broil. <laughs> it's like again, like that line. Uh, why? Why is that line there? You know. <laughs> so it's just fun in that regard to me.
0: Yeah, and I, lo- I, I mean, I think what else could you possibly do if you get David Letterman, but let him do whatever he wants? I <laughs> right. mean, you you can't. You'd be wasting your David Letterman appearance by making him read certain lines.
1: Yeah, and Letterman made fun of it throughout the years, of course, including when he hosted the Oscars the cabin boy of oscars if yeah, was. <laughs> that, was a, that, that <laughs> is a great designation for <laughs> so, that oscars. which i personally like those oscars and uh, he had adam resnick to direct like uh, a segment i don't know if it was like uh, auditions for cabin boy or yeah, something like that right
0: so. right yeah letterman is 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 a fun uh, appearance in this movie uh and chris elliott yeah he he's he's good i i liked uh the blatant uh artificiality of this movie. Yes. The way that they're clearly filming in a water tank and, and, uh, you know, the sets and everything. And, and that's like Adam Resnick, I think in that, in that ringer article downplays his own abilities as a director, but that's a real aesthetic choice that he made here that I think works and and adds to that sense of surreality to it.
1: Yeah. It's really fun. And again, like we were saying, it was going to be Tim Burton and then he dropped to, you know, go make Ed Man Wood, Penguin he was he was making Ed Wood, yeah, Ed yeah Wood. Wood. which is a great movie, so. Yeah, but, yeah. that is a good one, so. Um, but, um, you know, and so Resnick, who had never really directed before, they were like, you make the movie, and he got, like, 10 million bucks, and he put together some weird stylistic choices, but there's a definite point of view, a definite style to the whole thing, right? And both Elliot and Resnick say, if we were, knew we were going to make a movie for ourselves, this isn't what we would have made, right? So, right, right. You know, they're basically taking a project that they were hand delivering to someone else to make with them. And now they're making their own interpretation of it. So I think they did a pretty good job in that regard.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a movie. Like if I hadn't known that Tim Burton was involved in this movie, I wouldn't come away from this movie thinking, oh, this is some kind of Tim Burton ripoff or whatever. Like uh, Burton does some of that similar uh, deliberately artificial stuff. Uh, But I think he does it in a different way. And this movie doesn't feel like somebody trying to copy Tim Burton's style. Um, And I also think that once they were stuck with making the movie themselves, even if it wasn't the idea or the characters that they would have come up with if they were able to do whatever they wanted, you know, they clearly put their own spin on it. It definitely feels like a Chris Elliott thing. Yeah,
1: well, like we said, you have the half man, half shark, right? Yes, with Chalky, chalky, yes. Yeah, and then you have a six armed uh temptress on an island who takes the cowboy's virginity cali right yeah she's um, she's married to a salesman who's also a giant
0: i loved that was my favorite character the sort of like schlubby office guy with the pocket protector who was also a giant yeah for no reason right or
1: any mention of it and then you know chris elliott and uh, or nathaniel mary mayweather you know that was his name he and uh, Chalky have to defeat him, you know, the the, the giant. giant. Yeah. So uh, I had read this quote by Chris Elliott. I'm not sure where, but uh, originally they wanted to do something like Aku Aku by Thor Heyerdahl. They wanted to do a parody of it, which is beyond my level
0: of comprehension. Yeah. But,
1: uh, you know, I thought that was that was
0: <laughs> they're they're ambitious. They they're are. Ambitious. Yeah. They mentioned, I think, Captain's Courageous comes up a lot. And uh, the Sinbad movies, and and you can definitely see that in the like the high seas adventure stuff, and the coming coming of age, which is something I think in Captain's Courageous. And of course, it's absurd for Nathaniel to be coming of age in this movie because, as we noted, he's, he's... clearly uh, a middle aged man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, and you know, look, there's so much
1: weird stuff, and we mentioned that he kind of envisions a a, a tobacco spitting cupcake who razzes him, and then there's also. Andy Richter is like a half wit at best, you know, original cabin boy. And when he causes Andy Richter's death, they make him the cabin boy. Yes. And, uh, Andy Richter's, you know, going around saying, you want to see how the ladies in the harem dance or something. Right. Just weird stuff. The other thing that we should mention is the love interest.
0: Yeah. Melora is Melora Walters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Trina. And the way he meets her is, uh, He's stuck out at sea where they make him do a, uh, you know... uh,
0: On on watch or something like that? Yeah, like a long
1: distance watch on a raft where, um, yeah, it's not going well for him. Uh, (laughs) And she's swimming around the world. So that's kind of fun that, you know, he... And he
0: destroys her world record setting attempt.
1: Yeah, which is fun. She's interesting in this movie, huh?
0: Yeah, she is. And I haven't seen her in a lot of other things uh, that I can think of. But uh, yeah, it's funny to me. And that seems like, The whole idea of him having this relatively straightforward love interest is like a vestige of a more, you know, mainstream, like the kind of thing Adam Sandler would do. He always would get, you know, no matter how weird his character is, he's got some sort of bland female character that he has to fall in love with. but I think even though like her character as a character is not very weird, they let her do some weird stuff. I mean, he rides her like she's a, uh, I don't know, like a dolphin Surf or order. something. Yeah, like like he's in a in a SeaWorld show and she's his trained animal. I, I just think like,
1: again, like going back to the dialogue, I had written some stuff down because. You're there's... just going to
0: read off bits of dialogue. No, but movie? just, yeah. but
1: like, so first of all, let me clean up the Letterman line, which was Hey, when you're on the Queen Catsman, don't let him give you any of that flank steak bullshit. You know what I mean? Try the London broil, which is just funny if you think about Letterman saying it, right? But when I'm talking about like jokes that don't make any sense or like or are there specifically because they are not funny, you know, and that's what makes them funny, right? At one point, Nathaniel says, I've yanked that silver spoon from my mouth and buried it 6,000 miles between beneath the Earth's crust. I mean, figuratively, of course, who could possibly do such a thing? That would be insane. It's a horrible joke,
0: but it's funny when he says it. Yeah, I mean, and the the humor there, of course, is that he's like over explained it to an absurd degree. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think if I actually like laughed out loud during this movie while I was watching it. I don't know if I did, but I I definitely appreciated the level of humor that was happening. Yeah, I mean,
1: like, I just don't get it. She seems totally uninterested in me despite my smothering obsessiveness.
0: That's a fun line. Yeah,
1: yeah we should call this place wackyville because it's wacky
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a very letterman sounding line yeah. too yeah
1: and then you know when uh, and then there's a the bit where the limo driver kicks him out and he prays to god and it's not that he's praying for safety or that he can get his, get home he prays that the lord won't let him break a sweat which yes. is you know there's some funny stuff there
0: yeah yeah I, I i mean i agree i think ultimately this movie is certainly not deserving of such a harsh reputation whether it's deserving of the sort of opposite of that, which is this cult adoration that some people have for it, I, I don't know about that. I think it to me it just struck me as like an inconsistent misfire.
1: Well, maybe that's why, right? When someone hates, when there's a group that hates something so much, you're gonna have that backlash, and you're probably right. It belongs somewhere in the middle, you know. But uh, the guys, you know, Brian Doyle Murray and the rest of the the uh, the sailors, they're they're a fun group, right? Yeah, you know, and. It's a weird film, Josh.
0: It is a yeah, it is a weird film. Are there any other aspects that you feel like we should highlight? No, I thought the visual was important, like you said. Um, I
1: think you know it was set up nicely for a sequel. Sadly, <laughs> would didn't. you
0: really have wanted to see Cabin Boy Two? No,
1: but uh, you know I would have.
0: So yeah, I, I mean, two. we we still could. It's still possible. How many movies have sequels decades later these right, days? Right,
1: or a remake, a reboot of Cabin Who Boy. Who
0: would star in the reboot of Cabin well, Boy? Well, who's 50 right now? Chris Elliott. We <laughs> Chris, should have Chris Elliott. That would be That's awesome exactly right. if he did the right? reboot and How? he was still a fancy lad. Yeah,
1: and you could... Re- Rewrite most of it that would be it looks basically the same yeah he yeah. really
0: does yeah
1: that would be really fun you know yes you have abby elliott in there as, uh not as the love interest no that really, would be but, too much i think but uh she could be maybe
0: one of the sailors
1: this time yeah or maybe or it's
0: an all-female yeah. sailing crew
1: yeah uh, uh, or is the cupcakes yeah she could be the andy richter part. right
0: cabin girl yeah uh, all right. Well, we'll, uh, I guess we got to give it a, a rating, right? Out of, uh, I was
2: going to suggest out of Letterman monkeys. All right. Yeah, out of go. Letterman's
0: monkeys out of five, how many do you want to give it?
2: I'm giving it three Letterman monkeys.
0: So. I, yeah, I give it two and a half. I feel like that's as generous as I can possibly be. There you
1: go. So yeah.
0: Wong Kar
1: <laughs> say it equal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, crumb, Sorry, guys. You guys just don't. Yeah. Cut well, that's
0: why Cabin it's Boy. your pick for this uh, for this season. So uh, we'll come back and talk a little more about the legacy of Cabin Boy. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year for 1994. We are talking about Jason's favorite movie of all time and the greatest achievement in human history cabin boy
1: i thought it was pretty good i didn't (laughs) say all that
0: (laughs) um so i mean we talked a little bit about this especially with that recent big article in the ringer um about the legacy of cabin boy certainly it's gotten this big cult following over time
1: yeah i mean again like you wonder why studios aren't a little more creative right in their marketing you you know after the first week why not just be like hey. Go get stoned. See it with your friends. We're going to show it at midnight on all these college campuses. And you guys can say whatever you want. Right? right. I feel like it's a perfect midnight cult movie to watch. Right. Yeah. And if I was in college again, you know, this I could totally see myself going to the theater at midnight to see this. So, you know, to me, the legacy is um, it's a film that was not properly placed. It's not the worst movie of all time by any means. Uh, and as you said, like, there's the backlash against it where people are like, this is a genius effort. And even the filmmakers would say, like, nah, probably not. But it's not at all. But at least we tried something. Right.
0: Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they could have uh, built that cult following more effectively uh, from the start in the way you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the both Resnick and Elliot have said they've never been able to work together again. Right. They had even sold a show together. And then when like one of the executives found out it was those two, they kiboshed it because Cabin Boy had such a bad you know, reputation. That, right. that, that's the curse of Cabin Boy. These two best friends who are simpatico can't work together, but we know they've done great comedy before, right? Yeah. On Letterman and Get a Life. Like, yeah.
0: Wouldn't it have been cool to see some
1: other stuff with these guys?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, both <laughs> of them, uh, their careers definitely never reached that next level. I mean, they've continued to work. Uh, Adam Resnick has not directed another film since then. But, you know, again, in that article, it sounds like he never really wanted Successful to be a director writer, in the beginning. Novelist. Yeah, he was interested in writing. Chris Elliott has never really been the star of a film, but he's a very steadily working character actor. Yeah, I
1: mean, look, we all remember him from There's Something About Mary, obviously. Yeah. And what and he's uh, is he a regular on "Shit's Creek?
0: Yeah, or, he is yeah, a regular on that, which has got quite a cult following of its own yeah. right now. Now,
1: here's the thing. Would you have wanted Chris Elliott to have achieved, like, Sandler-level fames? I would not. I think he's way better as, like, as this kind of, like, uh, fringe figure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I would have liked for him to get the chance, like you were saying, maybe with Adam Resnick, to do... Some other projects of his own, rather than just being a highlight of someone else's thing. Did either of you guys watch *Eagleheart* on uh, Adult Swim? Well, yeah, there's that, which is, I think, really not that good. Yeah, a
1: lot of people think like that's like his redemption.
0: Yeah, but I don't think he needed to redeem himself,
1: and he's done good work over the years. So.
0: Right? Yeah, there's actually there's we were talking a little bit about Abby Elliott, and there's a an indie film out, uh, I think this year or late last year yeah. called *Clara's Ghost*, which is the whole. Elliot family, Abby Elliot, Bridey Elliot, his other daughter who directed it, uh, Chris Elliot and his wife, whose uh, name is not Elliot. And I yeah. can't recall. So
1: Chris Elliot. Yeah, that's uh, those are his daughters, like you said. Yeah. And his dad is in
0: Cabin Boy. Right. Bob yeah. Elliot, who was also his dad on Get a Life. Right, I right. mean, it's quite a legacy. But but Clara's Ghost is a movie that is extremely off putting um, and, and very uh, jarring and abrasive. And I really was not uh, a fan of it. But it's the kind of thing, even though it's his daughter who wrote it and directed it, it's the kind of really weird like niche product that you could imagine him getting the chance to make if he had gone in a different direction.
1: That was Bridie Elliott who made that, right? Yeah, it's
0: Bridie Elliott who directed, but all all of them are in it. Abby Elliott is in it and Chris Elliott is in it and his wife as well, who's not an actress. I think that was the first thing she ever acted in. And they play a family, Um, not themselves. They have different names, but it's I'd like they're playing like a showbiz family and they have a lot of similarities.
1: Now, am I wrong? Bridie Elliott, was she in Fort Tilden? Is yeah, she her? was in
0: Fort Tilden and was on a, a Search Party. And yeah. those definitely have a similarly dry, arch sense of humor.
1: And I, Search Party is a good show, but uh, Fort Tilden is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. So uh, I'm all in on the Elliots. I'd love to see Abby Elliott do more. She's talented. Yeah, you
0: know? she is. I mean, I think they all are. I, that was part of why I was sort of disappointed in seeing Clara's Ghost, which is not funny and not even really it's I don't know if it's even trying to be. And it just it was a big disappointment to me, but but that is is sort of part of the legacy here.
1: Yeah. And I mean the real legacy is uh these two quotes from Chris and Adam. Yeah. Chris Elliott says, I don't think any of the crew completely understood what we were trying to do. And maybe that's because we didn't totally understand (laughs) what we were trying to do. And uh Adam Resnick says, we'll go to our graves not really understanding Cabin Boy. That's art, baby.
0: Right. I mean, I think that's that's one of the funny things is that like a lot of times with movies where they fail at first and then they get this cult following later on, the creators really embrace that and are happy to have that recognition. And Chris Elliott Adam, and Adam Resnick even now seem to sort of be baffled as to why anyone would like this movie. <laughs> Um, yeah,
1: but I think they were also baffled as to why there was so much hate towards
0: it. Right. So. No, that's true. That's true. Um, the other thing we did mention, or you mentioned, uh, what is it, uh, Dan the Automator, the musicians who yeah. have sort of titled songs and albums after this movie. And that's, that's how you know something has reached uh people on a deeper level that really it like stays with them for a long time cabin boy has the same street cred as like rick flair
1: at this point in time you know so. man
0: rob van Dam last time and now rick flair rick Ric flair turn is, this into a pro wrestling no podcast.
1: rob van Dam. that was a fun little joke for last time rick flair has permeated pop culture he's mm-hmm. bigger than the industry he was mm-hmm. originally in much like cabin boy itself film here like a uh, level it's like five foot six tall Uh-huh. cabin boy is like seven foot is as tall as the giant and uh-huh. <laughs> In the, 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 the yeah, yeah. seven foot eight or something so
0: what you're saying let me get my metaphors <laughs> right so cabin boy is the rick flair of movies <laughs> and the david letterman oscars is the cabin boy of oscars no i didn't say that you said that <laughs> I, I i think we're gonna have to go to the replay
1: no it's hey if we're talking about 1994 and we're deep diving into a year,
0: this I'm glad we covered this. I think it's a worthwhile cover. I, I agree. Like I said, I was mixed about it, but I'm glad that I had a chance uh, to watch it. So
1: the audience agrees that I'm winning one nothing in personal picks. Um, <laughs> Cabin Boy beats 2-9. Two-
0: <laughs> we'll call it uh, a draw. It's um, not a competition. It is not. No, we're all about, what was it? consensual movie watching that <laughs> exactly. we said last time. Yeah. And,
1: and we're going to watch a variety of movies consensually. too. We
0: are indeed. So that is Cabin Boy and that is this episode of Awesome Movie Year. Uh, check us out on social media. Yes,
1: we are on social media at Awesome Movie Year um on everything on all the things you got you, name a thing dave uh 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 friendster yep we're on there awesome <laughs> movie here so, um and all, jason i am on uh, all the things at uh jason harris comedy or Jay harris comedy you can find me on the web uh, my website go for jason.com
0: uh, i am on twitter at signal bleed and on facebook at josh bell hates everything and also at josh bell hates and our great producer, David Rosen, and his awesome podcast, Piecing It
2: Together. Yeah, you can find Piecing It Together at piecingpod.com and find uh, find us on social media at piecingpod as well.
0: So uh, what do we have lined up for next time, well,
2: Jason? Well,
1: we are doing something a little crazy next time, Josh. Um, so we are doing the Sundance Film Festival Grand Jury Prize winner next year. And uh, next year, next episode Um, In a year from now. Yeah, (laughs) we're taking a sabbatical. No, we're not. From 1994, and it's a movie I had never heard of before called What Happened Was.
0: Yeah, I had uh, heard a tiny bit about it, but had uh, not ever seen it. And I think it's a movie people don't know a lot about from actor Tom Noonan. Uh, So tune in next time to hear about What Happened Was. And
2: this has been Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And all points west.